You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Episode 37 of the Wide Right Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Let's, we know how this works. You guys know how this works. Let's get the elephant. Let's address the elephant, rather, in the room. Okay? Because that's what this episode is going to be about. My immediate reaction to the Giants' week three loss to the 49ers' backups. Giants obviously lost 36-9 to at MetLife Stadium, a debacle in which, you know, nothing really went right at all, um, you know, on the Giants' side of the ball. But it it's amazing, you know, people penciled this game in initially as like an automatic loss for the Giants. And then as, you know, when things transpired with all the injuries, it no longer was an automatic loss. But somehow, in some way, this Giants team found a way to lose by 27 points to a 49ers team that, you you know the injuries, didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo, didn't have Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, George Kittle, uh, Dre Greenlaw, D. Ford, Nick Bosa on IR, Solomon Thomas on IR, Richard Sherman on IR, and the Giants, 27-point loss. You know, this is, if there was a game that the Giants were going to win this year, it might have been this past Sunday, week three. That's it. Maybe one against the Redskins. I don't I don't think they're beating the Bengals. Maybe one game against the Redskins they'll win. But if there was a game that the Giants were going to have a shot at winning, it was Sunday against the 49ers, and a 20s, that turned into a 27-point defeat. And... Um, I've always tried to be dead honest with my listeners because you you deserve nothing less, okay? And I believe I've done a perfect job of being dead honest on this podcast for these 37 episodes that we, or these 36 episodes that we've recorded up to this point. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you here again. As I sit here on this Sunday night, a few hours after the Giants lost this game, I, I think there's a legitimate chance that they go 0-16. As I said you know, a minute ago, maybe a win over the Redskins. One of the two games they play against the Redskins, maybe they come away with a win. But I think it's legitimately possible they go 0-16. The whole 0-16 and like number one overall pick, I thought those were like jokes at first, and they kind of were. I think that's possible. If they don't improve you know, efficiently and effectively and consistently... I don't. I think 
0-16 and the number one pick would be is in the Giants' future, in the near future. Um, I again maybe a win over the Redskins. I don't think they're beating the Bengals if they played how they played on Sunday against the Niners. I don't think they're beating the Bengals. I mean, this Bengals team had a good game against they they, they had a good game against uh, Cleveland. They came up short on Cleveland's definitely more talented than them. They tied the Eagles. Uh, on Sunday, and you know the Giants have you know the, the Eagles are a team the Giants aren't beating. So I think this is um, this 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 year is definitely sort of in the dumps. Now they'll they'll keep fighting, they'll keep doing what they do every week to try to prepare for these games. I'm not saying they're going to quit, but I'm saying I, I don't see this team winning more than two games, really, maybe even one game. You know, zero to two wins, I think is. A major possibility. Ma- major possibility. And, uh, you know, when that happens... I'll get to the game in a few minutes, but I wanted to get this out of the way. When that happens, you know, if they go... If they get the number one pick, are they getting Trevor Lawrence? Are they going to pass up on a guy like Trevor Lawrence? Is a new... Uh, first of all, a new GM would come in because Gettleman would be done. And then that GM is—he's—he may want a quarterback that he drafted, and he may want a coach that he hired. Who knows? Maybe a new GM comes in. He didn't agree with the Joe Judge hire or the Daniel Jones draft pick, and he wants to start over. He wants to get a new quarterback, which could be Trevor Lawrence. If they did, if they got the number one pick, it would be Trevor Lawrence, and um, you know, a new head coach. You never know. If they get the number one pick, if they're the worst team in the league. This year, after this year is over, then I think it's very much possible they could move off of Jones, which I feel bad about because I like Jones. You know, he made some mistakes on he made you know a number of mistakes on Sunday. I don't think he played great on Sunday. You know, definitely his worst game of the year thus far. Um, two straight games now with no touchdown passes. You know, he never he never had a game in which he threw zero touchdown passes until the week two loss to Chicago. Now, two straight games, no touchdown passes. You know, and I'll, and I'll start with, as far as Sunday is concerned, I'll start with the offense, which has been horrific under Jason Garrett thus far. Horrific. And I don't, I, I'm not, you know, going to sugarcoat it. It's been bad. They're the, they were the worst scoring offense heading into Sunday, and um, they probably still the worst scoring offense. Considered, unless it depends. I mean, the Giants were 32nd with 14 and a half points per game. The Jets were 31st with 15 points per game. So the Giants scored nine points on Sunday, while the Jets scored seven. So may I think I, I don't want to do the math, but I, I the Jets, I believe, are the 32nd scoring team. In the league, so but either way, thirty first or thirty second—that's still horrific, you know. And on Sunday, they couldn't get anything going. That's the problem with this this offense; they can never get anything going, regardless of regardless of it's with or without Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley. They can't get anything going. They didn't they didn't find the end zone once. They had three field goals um, from Graham Gano. Uh, Jones had two turnovers. The first the first turnover. Was it technically went on the stat sheet as a fumble for him? He did make a. It wasn't the greatest toss to Engram. Engram's got to catch that, so I think that turnover is more so on Engram than it is on Jones. But the pick was bad. The interception was bad. So now you have Jones, who's got, you know, six turnovers through three games and two touchdown passes. It's not great. 
You know, especially in a year where if they, as I just said before, if they're horrific and they get the number one pick, they have they have an opportunity to move off of Jones and go right to Trevor Lawrence if he's the guy. Um, then you know, this if if they're looking back on the tape and Daniel Jones, this isn't going to be you know great for him. It, the people who want who would want Daniel Jones to stay in that hypothetical situation, this wouldn't be great for that argument. You know, like this, this was not a great performance by Daniel Jones. You know, he didn't do enough for this Giants to get the offense going. Um, but it's not it's not completely his fault. You know, there's still they don't have a run game whatsoever. They have backs who can be okay, like Devontae Freeman can be good, but he's not none of them are Saquon level. You know, Devontae Freeman had five carries for ten yards. Um, on Sunday, I'm trying to look at the stat sheet. Uh, I believe Jones was their leading rusher with 49 yards. So when your quarterback, who's not an overly mobile, Daniel Jones is athletic and he get he can get outside the pocket. You know, he's he's much more athletic than Eli ever was. But Daniel Jones isn't exactly like a you know star-studded scrambling quarterback. So when your quarterback has 49 rushing yards and leads the team, it's not great. You know, it's not a great rushing attack whatsoever. And it didn't have you know Wayne Gallman four carries seven yards. Um, as you said, Devontae Freeman, five carries, 10 yards. Deion Lewis carried the ball once, no gain. So yeah, Deion Lewis averaged zero yards per carry. Wayne Gallman averaged 1.8 yards per carry. I don't think they're really that big of a fan of him. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they, it was a healthy scratch in week two, and then week three, he's, you know, not getting, he's getting four carries. Devontae Freeman, two yards per carry. They didn't run the ball at all. They can't. They can't run the ball. They can't. They cannot. They cannot establish a running game whatsoever. And but and they're not even trying to really. I mean, ten. Uh, I'm looking at the stat sheet. So this is Devontae Freeman had five. Gallman had four. So that ten carries. The running backs combined for ten carries. They're not even trying to start the running game. But why start it when they they, they can't do it? They can't establish a run game. You know the offensive line wasn't great again. Um, you know, it, this offensive line won't be, I'm, you know, I'm confident that get, they can improve over time. You, we need to be patient with the offensive line because it's very difficult to gel and build chemistry, especially when you didn't have a offseason, really. You didn't have mini camp or rookie camp or OTAs. You know, you had, you had an unusual training camp period, no preseason. It's a tough job to really build chemistry and gel as an offensive line. So we're going to have to be patient with this offensive line, but still week three, not great at all. Um, so that's another issue. And so, uh, you know, receivers couldn't get open. Uh, I didn't think, you know, J- Jones missed a lot and a good number of throws. I mean, it was only 17 for 32. Um, you know, that's in the, I, I, that's a little bit over 50%. I don't know, I have 52, 53. I don't know the, the math on that one. Um, you know, and none of the receivers are playing that great either. You know, Darius Slayton has only had three catches in each of the last two weeks. Uh, Golden Tate had five for 36. Um, you know, Engram had 22 yards. Caden Smith had a catch. Deion Lewis had a catch. They're, they're not, these guys, they're not putting up, you know, big productive games. Because they're not, you know, they don't have any stars. I keep saying this. This team does not have any stars whatsoever. They don't have any player on the offensive side of the ball who can change the game. Odell was a game changer. We know he was. I understand he was injury prone, but he was a game changer. Odell could, you know, change with one play, momentum shift. 
You know, a little the little screen passes from Eli to Odell that he would, you know, burst through for a touchdown. Those were game-changing, momentum-shifting plays. The Giants don't have any guys on their roster that could do that right now. They did have they did have one. He's done for the year. You know, they have some good. You know, play, Slayton's good. Um, you know, I think Evan Engram can be talented when he's not dropping balls and if they're utilizing him more as a slot receiver than a tight end. Um, I think Jones could have good games here and there as well. But they don't have stars. They don't have talent. Talent wins in this league, and the Giants don't have that. You look around the league. Kansas City has talent. Baltimore has talent. Cleveland even has a lot of talent. The Giants don't have any stars. And it's really, you know, coming to light right now when you see they come into a game that they should win considering the 49ers' backups are in across the board, and they lose by 27. They don't have any... You know, offensive production. I'm looking at the... Yeah. 13 first downs the Giants had in comparison to the 49ers, 29. Uh, Giants were 4 for 10 on third down. Uh, San Francisco was 8 for 12. San Francisco uh, outplayed the Giants on you know in the run game, in the passing game, in total yards. Uh, time of possession. Oh my God. Time of possession. Giants had 20 minutes and 16 seconds of time of possession. Niners had 39 minutes and 44. So the Niners basically doubled the Giants in time of possession. The Giants never had the ball. Ever. You know, they, they every drive looks the same. They, don't, they can't ever get into a rhythm. Getting into a rhythm for them is like getting into field goal range and having Graham Cano bail them out with three points, which he did three times today. Um, they just... They can't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball. And the time, the lopsided time of possession just goes to show that the team was, the Giants were just simply outcoached. Regardless of the fact that the Niners didn't have any of their players, really, this Niners coaching staff, led by Kyle Shanahan, came into this game with everybody ready to go. Everybody prepared, and they knew what they were going to do on the offensive side of the ball. The Giants' defense was good heading into this game. They were fourth in the league in total yards allowed per game, and second in the league in passing yards allowed per game, 11th in scoring. So they're a decent defense for the, they're a pretty good defense for the first two weeks. This Niners offense and this Niners coaching staff knew what they needed to do against this Giants' defense. Run the ball, run it effectively, uh, you know, put together long drives that are going to tire this Giants' defense out. You know, you run the ball effectively. You can open up the play. Act. It opens up for play action. Uh, it it open up. It opens up the opportunity to utilize the play action, and it tires this deep Giants defense out. These long possessions will tire them out, and that's exactly what happened. Forty minutes of possession time is going to tire defenses out. It's that simple, and that's exactly what we saw on Sunday, and that's exactly why the 49ers were able to put up nearly forty points on them. Forty points. Nick Mullins threw for 343 yards. Looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback. 25 of 36 passing, 343 yards, 108.9 quarterback rating. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk, the receiver, rookie receiver, uh, you know, eight, tar- uh, excuse me, five receptions for 70 yards. You know, they just, they knew exactly what they were going to do against this Giants defense. The Niners did. And they executed it perfectly. They executed the long drives. Um, they uh, they tired this Giants defense out. 
and that proved to be effective and it proved to be you know pr- probably the deciding factor in this game that was what the 49ers probably did the best over the Giants you know but that's getting out that's good coaching that's knowing the situation that's knowing who you're going up against that's knowing the ta- like you know you know how decent this deep this Giants defense could be that's just knowing who you're facing and the 49ers were able to get it done. On the defensive side of the ball, there were I, I thought you know the Giants couldn't cover anybody. Obviously, Nick Mullins threw for 343 yards. Um, I thought Bradbury made a couple of good plays in the beginning, and then he seemed to fade away. He lost the receiver on, a, on numerous plays. The Giants can never cover a tight end. I thought Darnie Holmes didn't have that great of a game. Um, uh, you know they don't. This team does not utilize the. And I said this on the. Um, I think either in the last episode or two episodes ago, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I said this team needs to utilize the pass rush consistently. This pass rush can be a good, productive pass rush. I mean, they had six, um, They, I believe they have uh, eight sacks on the year now. I could be getting that number wrong, but somewhere in that range. This, 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 this unit could be good. And they have multiple guys who can do it too. Blake Martinez already has two sacks on the year. Kyler Fackrell can be good. Uh, obviously, Marcus Golden, he hasn't done much this year, but Marcus Golden uh, is, you know, maybe their best pass rusher. Lorenzo Carter can rush the quarterback. Leonard Williams already has two sacks. Leonard Williams already looks better than he did all of last year. I think he only had like half a sack last year. Now he's got two. Um, and... Uh, but they don't utilize it consistently. When you give a quarterback time, it doesn't matter if you're Nick Mullins. It doesn't matter if you're uh, Drew Brees. It doesn't matter if you're Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter if you're a practice squad guy. It does not matter who you are. If you give a quarterback enough time in the pocket to make a play, they will make a play. They will make throws, and they will execute. Um, you know, They will convert third downs. You know, if, it's, if, you, give a, if you give a quarterback time in the pocket on a third and eight, they'll convert that. The pass rush changes everything. And the Giants, this Giants defense, led by Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, needs to understand that. Okay, They have to start utilizing the pass rush and do it on a consistent basis. Because if they don't, quarterbacks and offenses are going to continue to kill them. This 49ers offense, I'm not sugarcoating it today. This 49ers offense and Nick Mullins killed them today. They only got to him twice. They only sacked him twice. They got to, you know, enough of this three-man, four-man rush. Send five guys at him, okay? You got to you, you gotta up, you know, you got to increase the pass rush and do it constantly. You can't, you have to rattle these quarterbacks. You have to get in these quarterbacks' head. If you give these quarterbacks enough time, which the Giants did against the San Francisco 49ers and Nick Mullins, they will make plays. And Nick Mullins made plays. 343 yards, 25 or 36 passing, at a touchdown. You know, it's the Giants should not, especially coming into this game as a second-ranked, you know, passing defense in the league. You you can't you can't let a, a guy like a backup quarterback tear you apart like that. Well, I, I can only imagine what Garoppolo would have done. You know, I I can only imagine if they, when when the Giants face you know legitimate every week starting quarterbacks later on in the year, you know, like. Uh, Dak Prescott and like Carson Wentz and they play you know Brady in the Bucks and then they play Russell Wilson who's going to win the MVP probably and then they they're going to play um, Lamar Jackson and they have Kyler uh, Kyler Murray you know what are they going to do if Nick Mullins is tearing them up what are, what are these you know 
quarterback, these actual starting quarterbacks going to do against this Giants defense? If it doesn't improve, if it doesn't start realizing that the pass rush needs to be utilized consistently for them to have any sort of success, you know, it's today's been it's a it's a tough day to be a Giants fan. It's a tough day. I think now it's it's a sheer possibility they don't win a game this year. You know, maybe Washington at home. Um, you know, but that may be it. That may be, I don't, they're not beating the Cardinals. They're not beating the Seahawks. They're not beating the Bucks. I don't think they're going to beat, you know, even though Philly's not good at all either right now. They're 0-2-1. I don't think they're beating Philly um, because they haven't beaten Philly since 2016. They're not beating Dallas. Uh, Dallas isn't exactly great either. They're 1-2. I don't think, they haven't beaten them either since 2016. So I don't think that's going to work out. Um, and then who they have? Baltimore, no. Cleveland, no. Cincinnati, I say no. Some people may say yes. I don't think they're beating Cincinnati. So um, I think maybe one of the two Redskins games they win. But that's it. So there's a sheer possibility, 0-16 or 1-15. And then you'd have to, would they get the number one pick? I don't know because the Jets may actually be worse. You know, the Giants and Jets may have the one or two, one and two overall picks in the upcoming draft. You know. Whether it's Giants at one or two, or you know Jets at one, either way, Giants and Jets are going to have the top two picks in the draft, I think, um, which is absolutely absurd. I mean, there's other teams that are, you know, oh, like as I said, you know, the Eagles are oh two and one, they're going to win some games. The Bengals are oh two and one, they're going to win some games. Um, you know, Dallas is one; they're not great, but they're they'll be in games and they'll win games. Um, Atlanta will win games; they're zero and three. So. It's. I think this season is. Uh, it's going to be a long year. Going to be a long year, and there's like no optimism either. You know, two years ago, Pat Shermer's first year, they started out one and seven, but they went four and four to end the year. So there was at least some sort of motivate momentum at the end of the year. You know, in that season, 2019, last year, you know, there was some motivation around, you know, uh, surrounding, you know, Daniel Jones. They finally had a new quarterback. They finally were moving off of Eli Manning and it was a new era. And, you know, coming into this year, there was some sort of, there was optimism. Oh, there's a new coaching staff. It's a new era of Giants football. Let's start over. You had three straight losing seasons. Let's start it over. New coaching staff, Daniel Jones develop. Saquon, um, fully healthy. That lasted, you know, a, a, a game in a quarter, but um, you know there was at least some optimism. Right now, with what we saw Sunday, no Saquon for the rest of the year. Who knows how long Shepard will be out? Uh, this offensive line not playing great at all. This defense, you know, coming basically, I think coming back down to earth and allowing Nick Mullins and the 49ers to drop 36 points on them. Um, I think you know not really have any, not having a star player whatsoever. I I I don't see. There's no optimism surrounding this Giants team this year. Hopefully, I end up wrong, and they do start to win games, and they do start to, you know, and they do fight to the end, and they do, you know, show improvement as the weeks go on, but right now, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than that this team just, this season looks like it's a farce. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I, re- I don't, I, I, I don't. So, I guess that I don't have any more, anything more to say. I guess this will be a perfect time to end this episode. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 37 of the Wide Right Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Listen and subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It's everywhere. Um, But all right, I'm out of here.